0: All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rotor Grinders DFS Drive for Show, DFS for Dough. I'm your host tonight, Red Kachik. I also go by Drew Matthews. I'm also joined by Trey. Noto and Cards are out this week. They picked an interesting week. Noto coming off a pretty big um, call on JT Post, and I saw Grinders Cal, uh, I think, hit an outright and a couple T20s, T10s, everything for like 80K, 70K, something like that on Sunday night. So congrats to Noto for sure. And um, I think overall our hot takes did pretty well last week, which was interesting. But um, yeah, uh, they picked a good week. I guess I guess Cards is down here in Florida. I don't know where Noto is, but I am joined by Trey, our projected ownership guy. So it'll be pretty cool to pick his brain, especially on a unique week like this. Um, so without further ado, I'll bring in Trey. How's it going?
1: Good. Doing great, Drew. Thanks for having me on. I'm uh, looking forward to this week. It's a little bit different. I mean, the golf world is in, in such disarray right now it seems like so you know why not just give us throw us the scottish open right i've never i've always paid attention to it i've never projected for it and i did never really dug in too deep but uh i'm very surprised about the strength of the field and i'm really interested in in digging into it
0: yeah there's been a handful of guys over the years that have um usually the top guys they'll go over to scotland or england wherever the british open is going to be held and play Usually two weeks before the British Open, maybe the week before, um, two or one or two weeks before, and then uh, I guess this week. Now that the John Deere moved back a week, and now they have the Barbersaw here, and this Scottish Open's a joint thing with the DP World Tour, a lot more of these guys have showed up. So it's definitely a strong field. Um, I kind of view it. I, I was thinking about this in my head a little bit because I think, I think there's a maybe a nuance with the best PGA tour guys going to the European tour to play against those guys on a European tour course versus if it was a PGA tour course with all these guys, which would be the same field as maybe, you know, uh, the PGA championship or something. And then all these European tour guys coming over here, we wouldn't think about it much differently. So I'm trying to come through with that type of lens. I I really do think the PGA tour guys are kind of a, a step above the European tour guys, even though they are more familiar with this style of play um, but it is it is drastically different from a skill set, um, a skill level. Very odd, but it's
1: almost as if, you know, they're they're the home team this time. You know, our PGR are. are going uh, across the pond and it's just a different game over there. And so they are a bit at a disadvantage. I'm, you know, it being the week before the Open Championship, I, I you know, it's hard to keep those uh, motivation narratives out, out of your head. Are these guys really motivated to compete? Or are they just trying to tune up for the Open Championship next week? um you know we could probably uh in looking at the past leaderboards the last two seasons uh see some some guys really perform well but um you know motivation is just something that does you know i I am questioning a little bit
0: well i think yeah i mean motivation it really depends on how they get off to a good start because like colin morikawa won the british open he finished 71st here but if you look at the top of the board and we'll get into more of the course stuff and and uh tournament specific things but like John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Fitzpatrick, and Xander all finished in the top ten last year. Um, so I do think I don't know the motivation is necessarily to win. Like they're really going to be prepping to get into this event to win, but they're definitely using this as an opportunity to get in, into contention on a really you know linksy style golf course in preparation for next week. So it's a difference in motivation, but I still think they're motivated to do well. There's going to be incentives for them to do well um, to get a couple extra a couple extra rounds, tournament rounds on link style for next week at the British open at St. Andrews, which will be a great, a great venue. Uh, 150th crazy.
1: Yeah, it is. It's, it's awesome. I'm really looking forward to that. It's, you know, I, I do, you mentioned it before. I love the PGA tour uh, going to the DP world tour on their home course, mixing up those two tours. And, and now I didn't think we'd have this, but we have a third layer of, a, a, looks like we're going to have three live golf players in the field now. Uh, the, Ian Poulter and Justin Harding, and one other, I forget his name. Uh, but uh, they, their suspensions had been stayed in in a, in a court there in in the UK, so it looks like we're gonna have uh, a field beyond the what we thought was set at 156.
0: You're talking about this week or next week?
1: This week, really, yeah. I just saw it just, just a few minutes uh before getting on. Uh, it looks like uh, Ian Poulter had led a case that. Uh, that he had won, and their suspensions in this tournament have been stayed. And it looks like we may have uh, uh, three more entries into this field. Ian Poulter, Justin Harding, and one other guy.
0: Yeah, Uh, I think I saw some some tweets about it, I think. Like Patrick Reed was talking to the DP World Tour, and I know Pat Perez flew back across the pond to play today in that – Pro amp thing. I don't know if he was playing in this. Um, that's interesting that they're going to lift it for this. Yeah. I think I, they're I, doing I, a. Did I, you I, see the fine that they're doing? Um, I know we don't want to talk too much about live, but I thought that was interesting. So apparently the DP World Tour is going to um, issue a $100,000 fines for every live tour event that you play in. And then you want to play in a European tour event, a DP World Tour event. And it's doubled for every subsequent. Um, live tour events that you play. So for example, I guess it was, uh maybe it was Poulter. I thought it was somebody else, but it was a hundred thousand dollar fine for the first one they played last week or this past week for another $200,000 fine. So just to tee it up in the whatever next event, maybe it's this one, they have to pay a $300,000 fine just to play, which hopefully the live tour just compensates them. <laughs> we'll
1: see. It's, it's, an awesome. an, it's an absolute mess. And um, you know, I'm <laughs> I'm happy to to plant my flag on the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour uh, for myself, but uh, yeah, it's it just it's something that's just not going to go away, unfortunately, anytime soon. All
0: right, well, let me um, let me kick some kudos to last week. I I assume you watched a good bit of the event. I think it was somewhat anticlimactic with uh, JT Poston going wider wire, especially for a guy that's already won. It wasn't like somebody, um, you know, Chris Goddard played well, but maybe if it was Chris Goddard up in you know, first place wire to wire. It might've been a little bit more exciting, at least for me personally, but I do want to give a hat tip to um, Noto on the JT posting call for sure. I kind of mentioned that at the top of the show Um, (laughs) cards. Justin mentioned Chris Goddard's going to pop for a top five. I'm not sure that was exactly a hot take, but he did finish T4. Um, So you got that one right. And I was a little bit too hot. I went no one over AK cracks the top 10. It was looking good on, uh, on Thursday. It did not pan out over the weekend. And then fear my turtle, fear the turtle. So Heath, the goal, missed the cut, which was almost going to happen. And then he fired a pretty good round on Friday. That was close. He and then the goal came back
1: aggressively. And he really put some scores up in the second, third
0: round. 65-65 Friday and yeah, Saturday. He really quite a bit. I was impressed
1: with Poston for sure, you know, and watching him. He's, so, he's got his demeanor is so stoic and, and so unemotional. Uh, if he hits a great shot, he's just like, yeah, I meant to do that. If he hit a bad shot, it's like, yeah, that's not going to happen again. He's just so stoic. And uh, you know it's always nice. They, you never want to uh, admit to this unless you win. It's nice to see him, you know, be very humble at the end and so and say and admit that uh, he wasn't, you know, so calm, cool, and collected on the inside. And uh, it was yeah. really nice to see him win. And I, you know, that's what I like about the, I love about the PGA Tour. They these guys really do care. It's it's such heated competition, and the pressure he was feeling going wire to wire, slipping on that lead three nights in a row. Yeah. Uh it's tough. It's that's so tough. I, I thought he'd crumble, but uh you know, kudos to him for for pulling it off. Got her up, I was surprised his ownership was so much buzz going in, you know, settled in at just ten percent. But overall it was a very, very chalky, uh, you know, winning roster there, you know, being yeah. over sixteen percent. I mean, you had Zaiden Houghton, you had cameron Davis, JT Poston in that winning roster, single shot winning roster, two hundred K, Adams Venson and um uh, uh, Scott Stalling. So it was, you know, it came in at an average ownership of sixteen point two three percent, which pretty high, very yeah. very chalky.
0: Yeah. What was that? 92 percent, something like
1: that. Total. Uh, total. It, the total. Uh, I, I always do it the other way. It's uh, I know. Uh, yeah. Nice. I think of it on nice the opposite So um, yeah, very chalky. I usually see, you know, those type of fields coming in a little bit lower net, but uh, chalky, did hit.
0: Yes, it did. Um, yeah, nothing uh, yeah, nothing too big of a takeaway. Obviously, they have the alternate field event for the saw I don't know if they had contests up yet or not, but tonight we're gonna talk about the um, the Genesis Scottish Open, a really strong field. So if you're ready, Trey, we can go ahead and hop into that. Yeah,
1: let's jump into that top tier.
0: All right. Uh, before we get into that, definitely check out scoresandodds.com. Um, that's a rotor grinders site as well um it's your number one place for all things sports betting you can check it out for daily expert picks analysis and tools to make you a better sports better I know I follow uh, what is it something turd um Knifer he goes by Knifer and turd um Grant <laughs> Grant's been on a heater I think he was up like 18 units um last week it was pretty crazy so definitely check out scores and odds it has a great job you know compiling all the odds and and having the expert picks MLB, um, when NBA's in season, et cetera, NFL's coming up soon. So uh, check it out for, uh, for everything that you want in terms of betting. So with that, let's talk a little bit about the golf course. I don't know a ton about it in terms of watching it. Um, and there's not a ton of data from what I could find. So obviously from from my perspective, all the data that we pull is all PGA Tour related. Um, so we do course comps and all that stuff, but it's always relative to the PGA Tour. So for this for this event, it does look like it's been hosted here the last three years. Um, it's a par 71, 7,300 yards, has four par fives, five par threes. So a little bit unique in the par 71. Um, I think it's overall pre- pretty traditional Lynx style golf course, Has pretty much Lynxy Rough, Fescue. Um, it looks like it was very wind dependent or weather dependent, I should say, the last couple of years. So I looked at the winning scores. 2021, um, which was last year, minus 18 under par was in a playoff. Matthew Fitzpatrick, Thomas Dietry, and Minwoo Lee, uh, 18 under par. 11 under par won in 2020, and then 2019 was 22 under par, so a bit lower. So I assume it was a a little bit milder conditions um, during that event. So for the most part, it doesn't change. I'm, I'm a pretty standard guy week to week. I think people try to overfit a lot of data for the upcoming golf course. And certainly scoring is relative. I, I think scoring is probably the biggest factor, not so much quote unquote driving accuracy. You know, the guys can figure out a way to hit it straighter if they're, if they need to, um, depending on the type of golf course. So for me, when you see it like 1800 par 11, 22, it's really difficult to figure out a scoring angle i should say but i will look at the course history so i'll bring up trey if you have any thoughts and i'll talk a little bit about the guys uh at the top of the board that played last year um and played well so that might be something you lean into and maybe you can kind of comp some guys to just you know are are better maybe in the open championship in this type of style play
1: yeah i i really uh lean on course history quite a bit early in the week and and um releasing the initial projected ownership and it's just hard to find. There's so many services out there just aren't able to import the the course history. And Mm -hmm. uh, I I struggled to get it early in the day. So I I just, uh, you know, pivoted off that in my initial run. Uh, Later in the week, I'll I'll start to dig in a little bit more there. But what I did find was that this course was definitely designed with wind in mind, and they just haven't had it here in the last three years uh, of Mm -hmm. this event. And there's only been uh, in my research, just one round in 2020 that, that had any significant wind, one nasty day. So I think the data may be a little bit skewed towards it being a, a, an easy course. But certainly if we get some wind and, and the greens get firm, this thing uh, could, could tighten up quite a bit. We, we may not see those low scores. However, you know, we all, I always we want to rely on, on Kevin Roth here at, at Broder Grinders, and we're still a little bit far out. Just looking at Windfinder and looking at the wind patterns uh, for Thursday and Friday, there um, it, it doesn't look too bad. I think Wednesday looks very nasty, but uh, things calmed down a little bit Thursday and Friday. Still, uh, we want to keep an eye on, on the weather. It does have an impact on ownership if there is a, a yeah. weather edge, a tea time uh, uh, a.m. p.m. wave that that emerges, and it does have a significant impact on ownership uh, late on Wednesday
0: absolutely yeah so kevin ross is a good a good one um if you haven't already you can check out i'm doing a weekly blog so daily i'll drop some course notes some data points um mostly data centric and then as we go into showdown i'll drop some some nuggets on guys that are really exceeding in proximities and we have certain our our own site we call it spectrum data um and it's shot by shot level data and we we try to capitalize on guys that are trending up after our previous two rounds going forward so um, on Wednesday night, definitely check back. Um, I'll try to drop some notes if there's anything in terms of weather, like Trey said, because I do think you can get, you don't want to go overboard on stacking waves, but certainly in really volatile conditions in Scotland or England, um, Ireland, etc., cetera, you're going to want to try to capitalize a little bit on the waves, especially if there's going to be any win. It, it doesn't mean you have to stack AM, PM specifically. You could even go the opposite wave. And then if the wind shifts or transfers kind of th- timeframes, I guess, that's a good way for you to get leverage on the field. Because like Trey said, everyone's going to, if there's an obvious AM, PM wave advantage come Tuesday, thir- Tuesday, Wednesday, everyone's going to jam it. And then if you get the opposite side, you'll get studs at like four, 6% owned versus you get Scotty Scheffler, 22, 28% owned. Um so there's a big difference in the waves. Um so definitely keep an eye on that and I'll try to drop some notes into our blog on uh Wednesday night. Um as far as this says that this locks 6 a.m. on Thursday, but that can't be right.
1: No, it can't be right. We have to be real careful. Yeah, know, <laughs> <Open> <laughs> I was good championship gonna... is always one where I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I thought I had more time to do ownership here. And it's such an early start. And and uh DraftKings still says here my I'm central time in Tol- near Tulsa, Oklahoma. Says five o'clock on Thursday morning. That's not right. That's not right. Don't update that up soon. (laughs) Don't rely on that. You know, looking at boy, they start around two times local time, seven o'clock. So that would put it here uh, for me in Central Time Zone. uh, You know, it locking around one o'clock. So East Coast, you guys, around midnight. So please bear that in mind, everyone. Uh, Keep, you know, this is a very early start. It's good to have this practice run uh, before the Open Championship. It always catches me off guard a little bit every year. So uh, you know, just keep an eye <laughs> on that on that early lock. There's nothing more i nothing worse than than having dead lineups in there. So so um, yeah, you know, uh, keep an eye
0: on, on that early lock. Yeah, I've had um, I've seen a few DP World Tours start at like 10 p.m. my time, so I didn't want to say Wednesday night and it locks at 10, and there's no time for you to do anything at that point. So yeah, so if it's around midnight, then you should have enough time on drop stuff in by eight o'clock. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about the plays, Trey. If you're ready, um, sure, let's do it. For me, I'll try to get my overall I haven't built any lineup so I don't know exactly. Generally speaking if it's price like this at least from what I can tell, balance builds is probably going to be ideal. Um, there is some significant course history for the top guys which I'll list here in just a second. Um, but generally speaking when you see when you go down the board and you see like Max home at 8k, Billy Horschel's down there 8200 who's just been playing well, Corey Connor's 8300 that immediately speaks to me. It's going to be more of a balanced build approach. Like you can get pretty good value off of those prices, especially knowing that there's a lot of unknowns with the 6k down. There's going to be a lot of unknown European tour guys. Um, and even if they are known, they're going to be volatile. I mean, I, I think I played a guy last week getting ready for, for this week and next week. And I think he shot like 69 or 68 on Thursday. And I believe he shot 79 on Friday. Just, I mean, 10 shots worse. So they're very volatile and um, I want to try to avoid that as much as I can. So for the most part, let me um, pull up the course history really quick. Wherever I had that. Here we go. All right. So last year, interesting enough, John Rahm uh, finished seventh. Justin Thomas finished eighth. Matthew Fitzpatrick, I mentioned, finished second. Xander Shoffley finished 10th. And Scotty Scheffler played and finished 12th. Um, So it's, as you can see, like the top of the class did really well. As you go down, there's some European tour guys that pop, like Lucas Hebert finished fourth. He's actually finished fourth here the last two years. So to Trey's point, I do think, I do think course history plays a part. It does play a part in my process. I would suggest you look at it like Robert McIntyre is a Scotland native and he has finished 18th and 14th the last two years. Um, there might be an edge in looking at some course history. Cause like Trey said, it was difficult to find. You're not finding it on most of the PGA tour um, sites that you look at generally every week. So um, those are the main guys. Um, The other one, like men won one last year, he hasn't been playing great. So I don't really have much interest, but there's a few European tour guys that are definitely worth plugging in. I don't know, Trey. If you had any thoughts on on that specifically, you mentioned you looked at the course history. So I don't know if you had any.
1: Yeah, I did look a, a bit at the course history, and and uh, definitely the cream does rise rise to the top here. And uh, but there, you know, uh, again, i you know like Min Lee. I mean, he he was highly motivated here, and there are three open spots into the Open Championship available here for people that aren't currently qualified for the Open Championship. So there there's going to be some significant. Uh, uh, Motivation for this year's possibly uh, Min Lee that that can crack uh, a big win and get into the Open Championship or even into the top three. Uh, I I do agree with you, Drew, that this does set up price. You know, uh, considering the pricing and and the odds value uh, considerations, that uh, definitely sets up to be more of a balanced a build week. Uh, mainly because uh, things get really weak towards the end into the below 7K range. There's really not a lot of uh, you know obvious plays, and I see a lot of uh, lower and uh, very even distribution uh, distribution of of the ownership down there. So there's not not a lot of there's no Chris ups down there. I don't see you know a lot of obvious uh, uh, easy chalk plays down there that would help uh, free up salary for for the top tier.
0: Yeah, it just and, and even to the point of like those top guys finished well last year, but you can't jam in all the top guys. <laughs> You're going to have Uh, to find uh, some value. So um, there's a few that you can get to. And like I said, I think looking at course history, I even think looking at last week's form from some of the European tour guys is, is a good way to go. If they can continue good form into this week, it might be a a decent edge. If you followed the the DP world tour for the last few weeks. Um, And again, that's not reflected in the PGA tour stats. So it's just, it's more of a nuance in looking at course history and recent form, like overall versus specific stats. So, with that being said we can talk a little bit about these guys um like i said everybody up here for the most part at the top range played last year and played really well um xander's coming off a win scotty Scheffler's still grading out really well for me at 11 2. it's just really tough for me to play anybody over 10k this week um so what i'm looking for is going down to a guy like Zalatoris. i think he has some motivation to, to really get acquainted with um, european style golf getting ready for the open um Canley's playing well. And I would honestly, Colin Morikawa doesn't grade out great for me, but his approach numbers have been good. Um, And 9,400, I find he's probably a better value than some of the other guys in that 9K range. Like Sam Burns has been playing good. I just, I struggle to get Sam Burns right. And I, it's sad to say, because I think if I played him every week this year, I probably would have got him right (laughs) more than 50% of the time. Um, But yeah, Colin Morikawa, the ball striker's in that range for me. Zal Torres, Morikawa. And Cantley showed a little bit of form recently. That's that's something I want to kind of lean into for going into next week.
1: I see in the upper tier here. Uh, there's there's just some question marks uh, that remain. Scotty, just you know, he's number one and he still grades out well across the board. But uh, he hasn't really, you know, well, he did finish you know second, obviously at the U.S. Open. But uh, he's just so expensive. It's, it's we still haven't gotten yeah. used to him being the top uh, salary guy. You know. Uh, so it's it's still I, I believe his ownership is going to pick up a little bit more than it has the last couple of weeks uh, in larger uh, you know better stronger fields like this, but uh, certainly he's not going to be overriding chalk. Uh, JT's got you know a few questions to mark. I mean that he did withdraw from the travelers probably not a big deal, but um, you know he just uh, he's not too far off from from his uh, his big win at the PGA and and it, yeah, people have kind of his ownership has definitely been uh you know middling a bit for for a guy like JT Fitzpatrick and Shoffley coming off wins we we all know how we we feel about players coming off big wins it's it's hard to go back to them it's hard for them to you know win back to back and and we I always see their ownership uh you know um have a ceiling when they come off a a big win uh so and then and Cantley Cantley's got that, you know, that specter of, of live, you know, is he the next big guy, you know, of all the, yeah, the top guys that are going to go to live. Patrick Cantley's probably number one on the list. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, some of his answers, uh, when he was put on the spot to, you know, um, you know, answer to his interest in live, he has not given the most compelling convicting, no. you know, you know he just looks like he's headed that way. So, um, you know, I think that could you know turn people off. It, maybe it's it's you know something in the back of his head. that's not keeping him in the present, if you if you will. Morikawa, um, you know the numbers still look good, but man, if you watch him, he's the baby cut's not there. He's got he's showing some two way misses. He's he's playing to draw. That's not Morikawa. Uh, you know, people are it, it was tough to watch him in the last tournament to see that baby cut not not there, and uh, so that he's. I haven't seen any any news, any evidence that he's he's got that figured out. I really like Zal Torres. He's just a uh, he belongs, uh, you know, in this this salary range. I, mm-hmm. I really think that he is the guy that that's going, you know, of all the the uh, 9K plus guys, he's the guy that to me looks like uh, is definitely ready to to pop for a for a major win. Although yeah. yeah, I believe it was this year, this tournament last year where he got hurt. Didn't, didn't he get hurt in this tournament last year? He yeah. got rough and he in the fescue. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean he weighs like 135 pounds. So
1: yeah, he's put on a little bit of weight. He's up to 150 right right now. Right? Maybe,
0: maybe. Especially if it rains in Scotland, he's gonna get up there. Um yeah, Zalators just from a from a ball striking standpoint, he's just he's just too good. And and I'm not too concerned with Morikawa. I think there's a lot of ways to get it done with link style. Um, But uh, to me, I'm at least looking at value and Morikawa at 9,400 is significantly, at least in my opinion, more value than even JT that extra thousand can go a long way at the bottom range. Um, Win equity might be honestly Win equity probably is about the same, even if you take into consideration, he's not hitting his baby fade. I I view that a little bit more lightly. Um, But I think for the most part, all these guys over 9K are, are kind of in the same bucket in terms of win equity or top five equity, even in my opinion. And getting a little bit of value with a, a Morikawa, a Zalatoris, I don't have any problem with a Sam Burns. He played well here last year. Um, that's that's probably the best way to go. Otherwise, if you start with Scheffler, your remaining salary is like 77, 7700 on average, which you can get it done, but you're going to have to probably dip into two low sevens at at best and probably a 6k guy, which is just going to make you uncomfortable. Um, so I, I just, the way I view it, if you look at Scotty Scheffler, 11, two, if you look at Sam Burns at 92, that's a $2,000 price difference. Um, that's a big difference when you consider a 7k guy. And now all of a sudden you go from 7k, you can play, you know, Victor Hovland or Sung Jim. (laughs) It's a big difference in a two, in a two man deal. Um, it's funny how the pricing works that way. Such a big difference at the top, but, um, I don't really think there's too much you can go wrong up here. If you want to talk about motivation, I'm not sure Matt, Fitz, Matt Fitzpatrick has a ton of motivation for this week, maybe next week. I think next week can be fine for a major, but from what I've seen, he's been doing all the, all the publicity stuff, all the media stuff, which is expected after a us open win. Um, he's doing a ton of this, <laughs> a ton of these swing videos. I'm watching them, um, you know, swinging 130 miles per hour and he's five foot six or whatever. So, if, of any of the guys that I would question their motivation for this week, and he played well last year, obviously, in the playoff, um, Fitzpatrick would be the guy at 10-1 I probably would avoid.
1: Yeah, I, it, it, he just got his first major. So, you know, it's hard to to, to keep that that motivation there. But, uh, you know. He, but it just
0: he has good course history. Like, if you just looked at it from a number standpoint, I think Fitz would, would check a lot of boxes for people. And for me, the nuance with – what he did at the U S open would be all the publicity on the media afterward. I would probably avoid that situation. Um, the guy that I've been going back to and wanting to go back to more and more. And I just want to get your opinion really quick from an ownership perspective is John Rahm because John Rahm has not exceeded value. It seems like since, well, he, at the Mexico open, he won, but even then I'm not even sure he exceeded value necessarily besides winning in the, in the GPPs. But since the beginning of the year, he continues to be priced up this high continues to get ownership and it's just slowly dropping and i don't know if it's enough to really to go after but at a certain point the win equity has got to be there for john rom and like this would be a perfect style golf course for me for for him in my opinion
1: yeah it he uh it's been a very disappointing year uh for him no doubt and uh he's shown signs and and he's He's been very emotional. He's he's definitely fighting it. He 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 wants it. He, it's obvious. But I, mm-hmm. I do think that that he is going to be the one here uh, that emerges as the top owned guy in in the uh, in the 10K range. Um, uh, Scheffler uh, just just uh, um, he, he has consistently remained below uh, Rom in ownership over the last uh, three or four outings, and uh, Rom is is um, you know I see him pushing 20% here that uh, this week JT is going to linger it's crazy around 14, right? <laughs> or 15 and and uh Fitzpatrick's still going to be still going to be around the 17 range and 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 Xander a little bit behind
0: yeah it's, it's just crazy that his, his ownership is not caught up and his price hasn't caught up either um i really do think the dk pricing re- reflects ownership a little bit like if you're getting if you're getting bought up at 20 percent, they're not going to move your price down even if you underperform which is there's no doubt that the, the yeah. dk
1: algorithm keys off of ownership there's yeah there's no doubt and and you see see that um, uh, really apparent in um, really young hot players that go up really quickly and right obviously we're seeing that with chris god now
0: for sure um Quick. I just realized I had click comments on this chat. Um, happy fourth. Yes, I forgot. <laughs> happy fourth of July to everybody in America, at least. Um, <laughs> and then Bill Thomas, the blog is awesome. I like it, especially for showdown. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, all right. So with the top of the board gone, let's talk about this mid range. Um, like I said, I like going balanced. I could see an angle for most of these guys. There's definitely holes in some of them. Um, Victor Hovland, I'm not sure what's going on. He's just not been the same Victor Hovland of late. His, his recent form is really bad. Um, I think his best finish, if I had it up, was a 21st place almost a month and a half ago. And he hasn't cracked the top 10 pretty much all year, um, at least in the last four months. So, I, to me, I think the guy's same with the ball striking standpoint. Um when I think of link style, I think of guys that can control their golf ball. Sung JM has not played this event, at least from what I could tell. I do like him at 8,700. I think that's a good value. Corey Connors is fine at 8,300. And then Max Home is probably my favorite. I, I've been very high on Max Home all year. At 8K, he has not been priced up. And I guess that might go to the point of his ownership, has just not been high enough for DK to move him. But man, Max Home has exceeded value almost every single time he's teed it up. Um, so I'm a very big Max Homa fan. He's, he's done me great this year and at 8k, I don't know how he'll do necessarily on link style, but in terms of PGA tour level talent at his price, Max Homa is an easy one to plug into, uh, most of my lineups this week.
1: Yeah, yeah I'd have to agree with you on, on Max Homa. And I think that's, uh, that's going to be, uh, um, a very popular play there in that range. Uh, Billy Ho and, and, and Cameron Young, I, I don't think we'll, we'll really get there. In ter- you know, Cameron Young is his first foray here in, in uh, Link Style Golf, and, and uh, I think we're going to kind of have a wait-and-see approach on him. Corey Connors looks really, really good for this, this style of play. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, kind of a, a home game for him. This, yeah. is, this is his uh, bread and butter, and uh, I see him picking up steam as the week goes on. Uh, the, the part the player that I've still just have massive sticker shock on is Ryan Fox there at 8.5. Uh, he's on an incredible heater here in the Euro in the Euro tour, but, uh, man, uh, his odds are still looking pretty solid there too at 45 to one, but fit, which fits in very well in this price range. But, um, you know, that's <laughs> eight, five or Ryan Fox. I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him at seven five and then, yeah, let's jump sure. on. But that, that, you know, sandwiched in between Walking Neiman and, and Tommy Fleetwood. It's really interesting. It's probably the most uh, interesting uh, pressure point for projected ownership uh, for the
0: week for me. Yeah, I was about to say, it'd be easy to make him chalk at 7,500. It's a little bit tougher up here. Um, he has not, I mean, he's been playing, recent form is great. He has let's see five top threes in his last uh, six starts pretty impressive he hasn't played great on this golf course necessarily two missed cuts and a 44th in his last three years um, but yeah to your point I, I think we're, we're just we're dissecting dK's algorithm all night tonight I guess but obviously the the odds go into their pricing so that's it's essentially where it goes um, they can't make him too long he, i mean he's been if you're finishing top three almost every single week you tee it up that's a big, uh, that's a big outstanding balance if guys take a big hit at 100 to one or something like that. So it makes a bit of sense. But like you said, a joking Neiman over Ryan Fox, that head-to-head's got to be massively favored against Neiman, you would think. Um, again, on most weeks, the European Tour might get a little bit. Who knows how their models work? The European Tour, being a European Tour-style golf course, might just give an, an extra bump to Fox to make it closer. But for the most part, you would never, you would never pick Fox over Neiman or Sanjay J M, et cetera on a normal PGA tour round to round. Um, or I should say head to head, um, in a round. Yeah, for
1: sure. I mean, he, he's definitely, um,
0: acclimated to to this style of
1: play and, and that run that he has been on here recently is, is, is extremely impressive. Second at, at the Irish open and the BMW third place, second place at the Dutch open, but then, you know, do you see cut at the U.S. Open and and 54th at the PGA? So, um, you know that that's 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 to linger. my point.
0: Yeah, to my point. Of, you consider the, the PGA Tour field, it's, exactly. It's, uh, that that's the exact yes. When you look at the field, it, it's really difficult because, like I said, when you when you take this field and you go to to Scotland versus going to a PGA Championship, it's you you kind of think about things a little bit differently, and you probably shouldn't. If this was a PGA championship, then Ryan Fox at 8,500 was a joke because he was what? 6,700 at the PGA championship. Um, obviously it's, a, it's obviously much stronger in the PGA championship field, but to the same point, the, the, the European tour twist makes this interesting and it probably shouldn't be, um, is basically my point at 8,500 Ryan Fox should be lower owned than 10%, but he's going to get enough ownership to, to justify fading at that price for sure. Um, the rest of those guys there, nothing, uh, nothing too noteworthy in the A.K. Besides the guys I mentioned, which was pretty much everybody, to be honest. Um, would you say the one fade you had was Cameron Young? Would that be the? I mean, You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, I love
1: Cameron Cameron Young, but I just think uh, I'm gonna. I just want to wait to see how he does, how he acclimates here to to this uh, link style of play. Um, yeah, it'll probably maintain a, a, you know over ten percent, but uh, you know I, I definitely just a little I'm gonna shy away from from Cameron Cameron Young here. What about Spieth? What about um, uh, Hideki?
0: Not a lot of Hideki. Uh, I was checking your ownerships; he's just very high, which I was surprised by. Um, and also, Spieth kind of makes sense. Spieth makes sense just from his open record. Um, I would probably be more inclined to eat some Spieth chalk. Then then play Matsuyama. But um, I think, honestly, it's going to be pretty volatile. So I'd probably just avoid that. It's what, 50 percent right there, 40 percent right there. So. Between those two guys. So, yeah, yeah, I like Spieth, but I'm not sure that ownership makes sense. For me, for me to play, I'm not, not saying you're doing a bad job. No, you're fine. It's early in the week. You know, no, it, it probably does week. make sense. I,
1: I struggled to get the – you know, I got the ownership out uh, early this afternoon. I prefer to do it later on Monday.
0: Uh, no, you're doing, you're doing great. This was not a – The, the tanning
1: cycles, <laughs> they don't really start until later this evening. So, uh, you know, things will change quite a bit. I do update the ownership uh, multiple times a week, at least four times, uh, barring any, you know, withdrawal activity or, you know, weather-related uh, news, so um, you know you constantly want to keep an eye on that ownership. It will move, and uh, you can track the current ownership, of course, throughout uh, rotor grinders using Lineup HQ, uh, or you can go to my uh, direct article to see uh, the actual changes uh, on a on a daily or by daily basis.
0: Yeah, I think I think a lot of it. Again, not <laughs> I think you're doing great with the ownership. It was just more of a fact that at 22, we'll just say 20 to 25 percent. Um is a bit of a stretch for a guy. Yeah, he, he's been playing okay, just not playing as well as I would want to pay 25% or eat into 25%. But the flip side of that is as far as his open style record, I mean, he's been fantastic. He won in 2017, a T9 in 2018, a second place last year. Um, and then he sandwiched a T20 in 2019. So of any of the guys, any of the guys going over here, I would say speeth is probably most comfortable from the American side is most comfortable playing this style of golf. Um, he, his record has just been phenomenal. Maybe Morikawa turns into that guy, but I do think Speeth is deserving of the ownership because his record in the Open Championship has been that good. Um, all right, we can hop down into the 7K range. I don't know if those guys normally break up in the high sevens and lows, but I only had a couple guys I wanted to hit on. So if you want to lead off in this range, anyone specific, I'll let you go from there.
1: Well, it, it you know, we had Ryan Fox that popped up a little bit high um, on, on the salary uh, list here. And we have a couple of other guys, uh, Euro uh, players that are on heaters, too. And uh, Adrian Maronk, is that my I pronounced that right? Yeah, I think that's right. And and, uh, and also, well, you know, we're more familiar with uh, Lucas Hebert. But both of those guys are coming in pretty hot uh, to start out the week. And, and of course, I, I actually would prefer uh, you already mentioned uh, Bobby McIntyre, Robert McIntyre uh there at seven okay. six I, I I think uh he is is uh coming in at a little bit lower ownership and I just I
0: like his upside yeah a bear is very tempting um played well last week he finished ninth on the European tour uh, at a course he played well the the prior year so course history seems to to run well with uh, Lucas a bear and he's finished fourth here each of the last two years so definitely likes this style that alone is probably enough for me to be super interested. I don't know where your ownership I didn't scroll down. You
1: got about eight and a half there for uh, Robert McIntyre to start out with. Um, Adrian Moronk's a little bit uh, lesser known name, not nearly as recognizable. So he's gonna be uh, a lot lower. No,
0: that's that's good. Yeah, and A bear A is who I was talking about. 12 and a half percent is probably right. I think I think that's a good bump for him um, just off of his course history. Um for me, really the couple guys that I'm, I want to play more so at the price than anything. Um, Mito Pereira at 7,700 continues to play really well, even with the letdown at the PGA championship. I like him quite a bit and rise playing well at 7,400. I don't know what he finished last week. I had it pulled up um, a couple of the other guys. I'm curious if Zayden who can play well in this style of golf course, because what's interesting is from last week and I saw some people tweet it out, um, but Hoot's not a generally a birdie or better guy. Um, He's like 180th or something in birdie or better on tour. And we run a birdie or better stat and he's right around field average. So it's kind of interesting to see if this golf course plays, you know, 10 under par or 20 under par could be drastically different for Zaden Hoot at 7,500, but he's been playing well. um, And I'll probably have some exposure there. Jordan Smith at 7,300, and maybe you just didn't get down that far. He's another guy that played really well last week. Um, I like him from a European tour side. And then uh, going down a little bit further, Mr. Luke List at 7,200. We'll see what the the green – the green speed is generally over there, and I don't want to harp on really micro stats, but we know that Luke List isn't the greatest putter in the world, but his ball striking is usually good. Uh, if he can play well, tee to green here, I don't think he can get lost with the putter. The, the greens are generally slower. is my point. Um, they just because of the wind. <laughs> if it, if it's blowing 25 miles per hour, they can't have the greens at 12 and a half on the stem because it's going to be blowing. They'll just keep running off the greens. So we'll see how the slower greens do for Luke List. But from a tee to green standpoint, he's probably better than everybody in the 7K range over the last, we'll say, three months.
1: Yeah, it just just uh, cringe when I'm watching putt. It's just a, a nightmare. He gets so close. The approach, the off the tee, is just uh, really, really nice. It's just a um, uh, you know, link style. I, I just I'm worried about about his putting. He he's going to get some ownership. There's no doubt. But I think in this range, I really feel like this is the range that people are going to feel more comfortable. You know, reaching out to those uh, prototypical link yeah. style players. This is where they're going to say, "And eh, maybe I'll wait for list when they get back across the pond." And I'm going to take a chance on How Tong Lee, uh, Min Wu, maybe not Min Wu. He's not playing really well right now. Sister is that's for sure. But yeah. um, you know this, I I, th- I think we're going to see a lot of uh, a play with Aaron Rye and with uh, bear and and Robert Robert McIntyre. But um, you know Luke List uh, may- maybe they'll be a little bit a little bit worried about him adjusting to the the link style play.
0: It could be. I I mean there's a few guys in there that. Like I, I, in one side, I don't really want to overweight the link style because a lot of, like I said, you can get it done a lot of different ways. You could, we've seen Tiger play really well there, and he's also played well at the Masters, so it's not like a drastically different style of golf. Um, same with Speed. Spieth. Spieth won the Masters, he's also won the British Open, so I don't want to get hung up too much on link style. But some of these guys, we haven't seen them play, and, and maybe it just in their mind. It's just, it is different golf for sure. And I've heard a lot of guys say that it's different golf. You're not playing target golf. You're playing, you're, you're just playing golf. You're not playing to a spot necessarily, but you're playing to an area. Um, so yes, to your point, there is some unknowns with some of these guys playing link style over others that are very used to it, like an a Um, Like I said, Jordan Smith, I do like. Um, what do you feel about Mr. Sebastian Munoz? I feel like he is just such a good scorer
1: he he is a good scorer uh his his um his odds weren't weren't too good there uh coming you know starting here on monday his his odds to win but he is getting a little bit of buzz but um you know i again feel like he's going to lose out a little bit towards some of the uh you know the euro uh, players with uh euro link style uh experience here i, I really think people want to want to take that leap in this range I think that they'll they'll kind of shy away from the Brian Harmons and the Keith Mitchells yeah. and Harold Varners and, and 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 kind of go towards uh, the Bettsen Hodes, the Rays, the um, you know the Jordan Smiths in this range. I I think that uh, maybe they'll be overthinking it. Maybe exactly, I, I, yeah. I think they're going to overthink it here a little bit. Uh, there's some some pretty easy checkoffs here. I believe. I think we're going to see very light ownership on on <laughs> the likes of Gary Woodland and Chris Kirk and and alexander norin uh but um i I think we're gonna have a a little bit of uh uh, ownership bubbles here with people reaching for um you know uh, players with a good reputation so-called reputation uh in in um in, in this area, if the wind picks up, these guys are really going to pick up their ownership too. And, you know,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Is,
1: people are going to flock to him. They're going to get the hell away from Luke list and and go to the likes of uh, uh, Jordan Smith or the But uh, we'll just have to check back in on the weather.
0: Yeah. Another example. I mean, people are probably going to look at, at the course history that they can find for this venue and look at, and rely on it too much. Like just me personally, when I'm looking through this and say, you know, let's, let's just, we'll talk Luke list. We haven't, you know, we don't know necessarily how Lucas is going to do well here. He's never played this event, but he's been playing well recently. When you go down a little bit further into like a Thomas Dietrich, who has played here each of the last three years, has like a top twenty, I think, uh, two years ago. Um, sorry, thirtieth two years ago, and a second place last year. Yeah, that was might be enough
1: off last year, I believe, wasn't he?
0: I think he was. Yes. Yeah. So the the course history, you know, for most people is enough right there to say, oh well, Dietrich's a better play because he's at least seen the golf course before um so that might like you said the ownership bubbles will probably start to lean towards guys that have at least played here before and that's probably an opportunity you know just to kind of go against your your gut instinct of saying well i want to play the comfort guy the guy that's played here before plays a lot on the european tour give me give me some pga tour guys in this range you should get them at a discount like you said and that might be a great a great way to get some leverage on the field where mostly is going to be chalk bubbles um, I think that's, let me see seven K. Yeah. Like there's a few guys, you know, <laughs> like in GPPs, it's really interesting. Um, I'm a big guy on recent form, not just statistically, but there's some guys that really start to play well and they'll carry it forward to the next week. Uh, we saw that with JT Poston last week with his win. He played great at the travelers, uh, played great on Thursday and kind of just, you know, just meddled through the rest of the rest of the weekend and then crushed it last week. Um, there's a few guys down here in 7K that I'm, I'd be interested to play. Uh, Richie Ramsey's the same way. Um, Thomas Street, like I said, and Tong Lee won two weeks ago, and you mentioned him. So that That's also a way that I could look at it at a different angle is the European tour um, recent form to see if any of these guys that have just started playing well. Because, again, we're not looking at necessarily the same comparable data, uh, but the good finishes are good finishes in my opinion. So with that, I don't know if you have any final thoughts in the 7K range, but we can talk about any potential values. But a lot of these values, as when I do lineup construction, I get a little bit more loose as I go down the board. And that recent form, whether it's ball striking or it's putting or it's around the green, I don't really care. The extra confidence of going into last week and finishing T5 on the DP World Tour is enough for me to want to at least go back to in GPPs this week. That's That's kind of how I view it.
1: And, and there are some places you don't have to reach too far here. I mean, the, the ownership is going to be hard pressed to, to get over 5% down here below 7K. But there there are some very viable plays here. There's some that really kind of stick out to me. Uh, but the Adrie Arnaud uh, yep. is, is one that sticks out uh, for me. Uh, Lipski, boy, Lipski's kind of, it's just shocked me at, at the uh, Canadian Open uh, finishing at 18% ownership. And, of course, he missed the cut. And uh, the following week at the that he played at Travelers, he went all the way down to 2% ownership. Uh, not not a lot of loyalty there in the Lipsky play. Uh, that was one of the more
0: surprising. Well, um, you want to talk I, about that. Mm-hmm. You talk about swings, talk about the Goddard up swings from the Canadian Open. Everyone wanted to play him at 64 or 6,300, whatever it was. And then the next week he tees it up and he's like 4%. Yeah. People, yeah. people gave up so quick. And yeah, then if really. you would have played him the next couple of weeks, you'd have been making a lot of money or at least a chance to. So yeah people people are quick to to give up on fringe plays down here yeah
1: but it does drop off pretty quick i mean we looking down here in the mid-six case there's just not a lot that that really is going to um stand out Um, um you know Smalley played pretty good last week in the top 15 um and we're really we're really getting into some some european players and Uh, there, there there's some young up and comers here and the likes of Thriston Lawrence, but I mean, that's just going to be very tough for a lot of people to to reach out there. His odds don't look so bad in this range, but, um, you know, I don't, um, I don't see a lot of the, uh, you know, traditional PGA DFS, uh, crowd kind of, uh, moving in that direction.
0: No, the one guy that stood out to me from a price standpoint is Callum Tarran. um, Maybe people do or do, do not know, but he is originally from England, and he's like a mid thirties guy, mid thirty year old. So he has experience playing on links style golf course, and he's been playing relatively well the last couple of weeks. And that's probably worth a shot at sixty three hundred. When I looked under sixty five, there weren't many guys that you know even even worth <laughs> looking into further. But Callum Taryn at his price, at least off of his you know his run at the U.S. Open, he, he had a decent thirty six holes. Uh, and then played well last week on the weekend. So like I said, the recent form, however they're getting it done, is enough for me to go back to at these prices. And Calum in 6,300. If you can fit him in, I mean, that leaves so much salary available, is, assuming he makes the cut. And what we've seen, and I don't know what the, the cut rate was here last year at this event, but generally speaking on the DP World Tour, like six of six is awful. I mean, it's it's just the guys are so volatile. It's like four 4%, 6%. Like as a mean, it's it's pretty crazy. So um, don't be afraid to get a little bit weird on on one or two cheap guy, you know, really cheap guys, to try to jam in the top range. Because like we said at the top of the show, the the cream will rise to the top. And if you have a little bit more win equity over AK, that's probably the way to go. Um, I really like the balance builds, but when I look at GPPs like the the fifth or the twenty dollar, I think it was a twenty dollar. Um, just trying to make a really weird lineup with, like, three guys over 9K and just trying to punt off, you know, like I said, Kalan Taron, a Ju Young Kim at 6,400. There's just a few guys that are worth a little bit of upside in terms of making the cut and finishing top 20, in my opinion. There's not a lot. <laughs> There's not really a lot, not not- there are a
1: few. You did, I think you did hit on the right ones to, to take those chances on. But, it's just uh, recent you know.
0: form. It's like, like the guys, I mean, there's, there are PGA tour names down here. Lucas Glover at 6,500, Doug Gimmett, at 6,500. Yeah. I mean, you could throw them into your pool. That's not the worst thing. It's probably better plays than Miko Corhonen. Although he did finish pretty well last week, I believe. Um, but there's just, I, I think that you can get a little bit unique. Even if you eat some chalk up top, if you play a punt down here and play one extra guy over 8k there could be enough win equity in the top range. And then just a top 25 from one of these guys is enough for you to do really well in the GPPs. Cause the, the European tour DFS is, is very wild. I mean, six to six on Thursday could be like 40%. And then Friday it's 5%. It's, it's wild.
1: Do you play a lot of the Euro uh, uh, DFS? Uh, I, I used
0: to work with um, Skyhawk. Who's a big European tour guy on Twitter. And, um, he got me into playing it and I would follow it for especially leading up to the, to the open. So I played a lot last week, the last two weeks. And uh, I, I do w- follow cut sweats and I'll get their cut sweat notification for the European tour. And it's, it's pretty comical. I mean, so, I, I think three or four weeks ago, I think it was like the week, week or two before the U S open. Um, I want to say it was like 1% six of six. Like it's, wow. it's just crazy. Um, Cause all the chalk isn't, as stable as the chalk on the PGA tour, not to say it's incredibly stable most weeks anyways, um, but it's just very difficult for these guys to maintain great form for weeks on weeks on weeks, which is what most people are looking at um, the recent form, like I said. So yeah, it, it does get very, very nutty with the, uh, the six to six percentage. And, and with the pricing, if guys have to get weird with these seven K guys, it's going to be tough to get a ton of a ton of good at cut equity um, especially with some unknowns with the link style. Like I said, if I go and play Luke List and he misses the cut, but I, I paired him with someone else that was up top that he missed the cut, like Patrick Cantley or somebody, you know, all of a sudden I have a four or six in the lineup look decent on paper on Thursday. So it just is a weird, it can be a very weird week.
1: Well, let's say you want to pick some winners, Drew?
0: Yeah, we can pick some winners.
1: Let's pick some winners.
0: All righty. What do you want to pick? Like two of them? Three of them?
1: Uh, Yeah, let's pick maybe a couple of upper echelons, and maybe we'll have a couple of picks down below.
0: Some long shots. All righty. Um, Let's see here. I'll tell you the first guy that I'll pick. I will go right back to Xander as an outright. You got a decent, decent open record second here in 2018 or second in the 2018 open. So I'll have to go with Xander. Um, and then I'll tell you what, I'll go hot take. I'll take Fleetwood.
1: Oh, that was who I was going to take. Be, oh, perfect. On the take, same page. <laughs> yeah, definitely on the same page there. You know, it's, it's so hard to play him, but you know, you just feel like he he's due. He's, he, uh, of all the courses, I feel like would... he's gonna feel comfortable here, and and yes. the, the moment you don't expect him to win is you know when he when he's gonna do it, so yeah, uh, I, I really think that he's he uh, um, god, he's due, he's just due,
0: yeah,
1: and and uh, outside <laughs> of him, I, I, um, I, I think I, I think I really like Burns, I think Burns okay. is, is the one that's about to pop, I really see him, um, you know, um. Acclimating well here and I, I do like Sam Burns there up top.
0: Yeah, I can't argue with that. It's funny when you talk about outrights and as I go down the board I'm looking for European guys. Because <laughs> when I, every every American I pick, I'm like, yeah, they could do well, but I don't know about winning. Uh especially really cheap guys. Um, let's see, mid range. I mean, I I mean Max Homa won the Genesis. Invitational, why not win the Genesis Scottish Open? That'll probably be my hot take this week. Max Homa owns two Genesis championships. There you go. It just He's just been playing so good. I, I love, especially the fact that he played well at the Wells Fargo. I'm not necessarily saying it's, the conditions will be similar this week in terms of the rainy, wet, nasty. Um, but if he can grind out those type of weeks, he'll do fine in any bad, any bad weather at a link-style course. So yeah, I like Homo a, a good bit. Well, Let's get I you know
1: I I, I just feel like I I, I want to reach a little bit there for a uh, a, a links uh, type player and and one that might be trending up a little bit and um, you know um, it's gonna be I, I do like uh, Dietrich I do like how Tong Lee but uh, I think I'm, I'm going to lean towards uh, I think I, I think I'll go with Aaron Rye. Here, to glow. Ah, I too thought close. you were going to say McIntyre.
0: Okay, I like it. Yeah, I mean, the easy way out, I'll just say Dietrich. Seventy-one hundred. I don't, I don't know what his outright number is. I don't have that pulled up. But back-to-back top fours played well last week. Of all the outrights, it makes the most sense to me if, for him. I shouldn't say of, of all the outrights. Of most of the outrights, it makes the most sense for for a long shot like him to win. Um, over like a Siwoo Kim, which doesn't make sense. <laughs> I just can't see that on the headlines next week. Siwoo Kim wins the Scottish Open, uh, but Thomas Dietrich winning the Scottish Open makes sense. Um, yeah, it's probably as probably deep. I mean, I, you could probably take some type of long shot on Arnas or somebody, but um, I don't know if any of the, the deep guys have a chance or at least that I want to give them a chance. Calum Taran, I'll just say Calum Taren. I don't know what he is. Got to be like two hundred to one,
1: two hundred fifty to one. Yeah, he's in the yeah four hundred uh, range. Oh, he's four hundred to one. Yeah, he, go. A, there's there's a few other guys that I'm seeing with a little bit better odds. Matthew Jordan, I don't know much about him. At sixty two hundred, is is getting a, a few uh, some decent odds, uh, but um, um, you know, there's also you know we had uh, um. Sebastian Soderberg actually made the cut at the U.S. Open. Finished, I don't know, 250 or so, but uh, um, he doesn't look half bad there in, in the very extreme low 6K range. I think he's at 63, 6-3, 63K.
0: I was going to pull up. Here we go. Hmm. Don't have it up. It's going to see what Stewart Sink played well here. He's 6400 really interesting from a DFS perspective, probably not an outright price, but I think that's, I think that's pretty much it for me there, Trey. I'm not sure anybody else really calls out my name to, uh, to take a stab on them. I would just say for most people, don't, don't get too crazy. You carried away with your, with your uh, player pool. It's very easy to start, plucking in one European tour guy after another and say like, yeah, he could play well. Cause like I said, their recent form is, is all over the place. Um, Like you mentioned, Ryan Fox is good recent form and he's got a miscut in there, the PGA. And I think he had another like 60 something place finish um, prior to his string of top two. So it's uh, it can be very, very unpredictable. Any other thoughts for you?
1: No, I think I think I'm good. Just uh, I, I think it's it'd be very important to keep an eye on the weather. Um, you know, here on Monday evening, it doesn't look like uh, anything too uh, too rough or nasty on Thursday or Friday. But definitely want to keep an eye on that. Keep an eye on on Kevin Ross' uh, report, hopefully coming a little bit earlier on Wednesday, and um, you know, um, keep an eye on the uh, uh, ownership updates that will be coming out. I'll do one another one on Tuesday morning. Tuesday. Uh, evening, and then I'll do one real early Wednesday, and then
0: one just a, a couple hours before lock. All right. All right. Sounds good. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to um, Drive for Show DFS for Doe. Hopefully, we were viable candidates to fill in for Noto and cards. They will be back next week as well um, to preview the Open Championship, which we're pretty excited for. So, um, as far as content this week, I think everything will be up as normal um, expert survey, rankings, et cetera. Um, it'll be all focused on the Scottish Open, and obviously the projections will be up for um, the saw I assume they'll have contests for the Barbosa as an alternate field event as well. So, uh, should be plenty of DFS golf for you to uh, to dive into this week. So, without further ado, we'll get out of here. Trey, thank you so much. Great co-host. Thank you, and, Drew. Um, Best Good luck, of luck everybody this week. Good luck, guys. Thanks. <laughs>